When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. On Real Adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for All Aboard, thanks to the Dometic CIB 26 Cooler Bag. Keep food and drinks cool on your adventures. Our very special guest this morning is Al McGlashan. Without doubt, Redmond, the greatest fishing photographer in the country. Good morning, Al. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we today? Oh, just, I mean, you seen my whiting photos, Pat, fishing. Well, Al does it all. <laughs> Author, content creator, filmmaker, Fishing with Mates, clearly one of our favourites. Now, Al, this morning we're talking chasing swordfish with your good self. Now, you've captured some of the most unbelievable images over your time. Talk us through the journey chasing swordfish off the east coast of Australia. Well, it's been good. So the interesting thing, if you go right back, and we're talking right back 20-odd years or 25 years when no one knew much about them, we used to fish for them at night because that's what you did, and I even put generators on the front of the boat and all those things and fished out in the middle of the night, god-awful weather, raining and cold, and all that time, we caught two. Like, in, I think it was six or seven years, like we caught one when we were doing strike zone videos, just by chance, drove out, put the gear down, hooked up the 70 kilo one, we caught a tiny one from the the Billfish Foundation. But for the amount of hours we put in, it was rubbish. It's just so frustrating. So then we started, by then, I think the first one caught was, wasn't in Florida, but it was down somewhere over there anyway. We we started hearing about that, and I started chatting to some of the guys. Then they're all fishing 600 metres and catching them. So I spoke to the longliners here, and they said, no, 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 you don't catch them, they all fish wider. So we fished out wider, and Richie Abella was doing it as well. We both started trying, and we were dropping baits down, and he ended up catching one. We caught everything but a swordfish. We caught big eyes and thresher sharks and all these cool things and yellowfin. Didn't catch one. And then the guys down in Tassie rang up and said, oh, we should try it down here. And I said, oh, yeah, you know, give it a crack and see how it goes. And, of course, then they started catching it, and that then kicked it off. And we came back into 600 metres. And the ironic thing is, Coops and I were fished off Sydney, and I said, let's go to Brown. Brown's at 600 metres. We'll fish off the edge, drop the bait down, and what do we do? Catch one straight away. And just went. We've been driving past the bloody things for years and years. Have a quarter, man. We've literally driven over their heads all the time. So, and yeah, that really started kicking things off after there. Al, there's a real mystery um, with swordfish simply because they they do live so deep down. Now, you've caught some incredible fish over your journeys. They've got one of the most iconic shots I can remember with that beautiful Mako shark um, underwater chewing on that marlin. Um, but there is something special about swordfish, the mystery surrounding them versus the the plentifulness almost that we get in, you know, the other species, whether it be tuna, um, beautiful mako sharks or marlin. But there is something special about swordfish. Oh, there is. You know, and for me, the big thing is, so 
Sword fishing is like marlin fishing, but it's 600 metres. So you can't see the boat the way you do with a marlin. Everything we're doing is we're theorising, you know, what they're doing down there. And 90% of the time we're completely wrong because with a marlin, you know, you live baiting on the south coast of New South Wales. The bait school's at 25 fathoms. You know it's coming up so you can see it. You see the marlin tailing on the surface. You get a bite, you hook up. Swordfish, it's, you know, it's 600 times further away. So everything's all complicated, but they're such big fish. That's the thing that I love about it. And it's all this, I feel like with swordfish, like we're doing at the moment, we're trying them. I've been ignoring Mallacoota and Lake Zentrance. I've been fishing up New South Wales and trying to fish off Sydney, which we've got them before. Do you think I've done any good this year? I haven't even got a single bite. Like, it's not <laughs> even a fish. You... So it, I feel like it's like you've gone back to the beginning, you know, like like you're saying before about catching whiting and stuff, you know, when you first start it and you get excited to catch or get a bite or see one, I feel like I've gone back there. You're going to catch marlin or tuna there. But I wouldn't say easy, but we know what to do. With swordfish, every time I think I've got it right, I get slapped in the face by a wet fish and go back to square one. I'm like, oh, come on. It's the challenge. We're chatting with Al McGlashan. If you're interested in watching some of Al's work, you can head to his YouTube channel to see uh, captures of the beautiful swordfish in daytime with Richie Bella. It's on your YouTube channel at the moment, Al. Um, you spoke about only you know chasing this year, haven't had a bite, or it's been you know it's been pretty sparse. What hope do the rest of us have then to chase them if someone like yourself struggles to go out and get them? Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, a lot of people say that, but you know what? If you've got a bait in the water, you've got a chance. And the one thing we've learned, and this is probably a really critical part about sword fishing, because you're fishing 600 metres and you're drifting, it's not like marlin. You think when you go marlin fishing, use them as, or, or tuna fishing, which is obviously very relevant down in Victoria at the moment, is you drive out, you put the lures in the water, you're fishing all day. When you're sword fishing, you drive out, it's usually a long, you know, long run to the ground, You've got the bait. That can take anything up to half an hour to get down there. Then you're fishing. Then you've got to check the bait normally, say, within an hour, an hour and a half. So you bring it back up. So actually in the space of a day, you're not actually fishing that much. This is the big thing. So the biggest thing I can advise is that, and Richie Bella and George Lorenz and all those blokes are really good at is getting all the gear ready, running out early, so you're maximising your time. So there's no mucking around. So you don't drive out to the ground and go, I will rig up a bait, we'll have a wander around, we might put a bait in the water. The more time the bait's down the strike zone, the more chance you've got. And the, the beauty is that I haven't worked it out yet, so and no one's really got it right. So the more people coming out with, you know, a fresh approach might just trigger on something and go, oh, this is what we've been doing wrong all this time. So that's the beauty of it. We're all almost, we're almost I suppose, in the in the same boat, literally, when it comes to swordfish. That was the question I was going to ask you, Al, the preparation that goes into it. it's Take us through it. It's not just rigging a few baits when you get out there. You're setting the freezer yeah, up look, beforehand. You're doing all sorts of preparing. You're rigging your baits. Also, your lights, your, your sinkers. Take us through it. So we set up everything beforehand. So what we do is we rig all the baits. If you're stitching a squid or you're doing a, a belly strip or, I mean, guys even use eels and all types of things. So we're doing different baits. So they're all rigged up ready. We cryovac them and put them in the freezer. So when we're going to sea, we're already pulling a couple of those out to defrost them and stuff. And this time of year, it's so bloody cold. It takes forever to defrost the damn thing. And then as we're getting towards the ground, we'll start sounding. And that's the other thing that's really critical. One thing we have found is you need to see the bait to get the bite. Yep. So you need a decent sounder that, you know, like I'm running a two kilowatt through my, through my Furino. 
to see bait. If we find bait, we generally seem to get bites. And this year I've struggled for bait off Sydney and I'm not getting bites. So it's, it's the same as tuna fish, it's the same as marlin fish. If you find bait, you'll catch the fish. You know, if the gannets are dropping in, you go past them. Generally, that's a better chance than driving around the middle of nowhere. And the problem is, at 600 metres, you can't see anything except what's on your sounder. So I start sounding around straight away, and the guys are then putting the lights on. You use good lights. A lot of guys buy cheap lights. Cheap lights are obviously not as bright and don't work as well. So the, I think it's Lindman Pittman or something, which are the better strobe style lights. And then what we do is we run a longer leader, so I run about 100 and uh, up to 100 metres of mono, and they use heavier mono. And the reason is it's not IGFA legal. The important part is that I can run the light further up the line. I don't want to use, say, 80 pound main line or something like that, and then have lights attached to that because I don't want some fish coming and belting the light and then hitting the line. So you want to use we use 130 or 150 pound mono, you know, suffix or something, and not fluorocarbon. Obviously, use just the monofilament, so it's sort of more more malleable and not not as stiff. And then we rig the lights and we spread them out along the line. So the theory is that it's covering a greater area, so it's drawing them in from a greater distance. And it worked in New South Wales, but it has been working for everyone <laughs> down in Victoria. Well, you speak of Victoria. So, yeah, and, and, then, and then it's just setting the gear. And then the big thing there is the next step. In, and this is back to what you said before about that preparation, is then you need to have it so when that gear starts, when you start dropping to the bottom, that everything works. So we set the gear up, we spread it across the boat all neatly, have a, you've got to get a system in place, and then when you're dropping, everything on the line is attached to the line. So you don't use those uh, long line of clips and put a, clip it on the main line because A, it kinks your line, and B, it spins as it's going down, so it's creating twists. So because you don't want to drop it 600 metres and get it all tangled up when it's on the bottom. And the other part we've been doing is trying to run two lines, and we got a bite the other day on the way down, which we think was from a great big squid or something. And my God, because I tried to be greedy and put both lines down at the same time, you should have seen the snot ball that came up of all my gear tangled up. <laughs> that would so have been yeah, nasty. Stick to the stick to the procedure. And don't do it. And then the problem is when your gear when you tangle, you're not fishing again. So it goes back to the original one that you know you've got eight nine hours of daylight in the day at the moment. You don't get a lot of time. And all of a sudden, there's another hour of uncutting and re-rigging and tying stuff. So get the system right. That's the key. Al McGlashan, thanks for joining us this morning and talking through uh, the beautiful swordfish. You can follow Al McGlashan on Instagram and Facebook, and he's got a wonderful YouTube channel as well. Thanks, Al. Anytime, boys. Anytime. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.